Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby of Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. Good morning. <coughs> Sorry, I got this dry cough that I'm going to have for the rest of my life. Um, great to see everybody here today. Um, I'm going to start out by thanking Jared and Sean for accompanying me yesterday to a ranch horse contest. Um, it was really cool to have a couple of guys from the church to go and participate with. And, and uh, the good thing is nobody fell off their horse going down the fence, so we tried. Um, so we're doing a little thing about cowboy etiquette. Um, today I want to talk about uh, basically the premise of when in Rome do as the Romans do. <clears throat> as that tra- translates to cowboying, it's 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 when when you go somewhere to work for somebody, um, you're gonna you're gonna do things the way they do it. Okay, it doesn't matter what your style is. The the cool thing about cowboying is there's so many different ways to get things done, and no, there's no right way or wrong way. There's just the way that that the owner of the cattle or or the ranch prefers to do it. Um, Kevin and I joke all the time about our regional differences. I'm from Montana. He's from Texas. Um, it's not true that I don't like Texans. There's and all the Texans I've met, there's at least three that I like. Um, Christy, Griffin, Riley. I like them. I'm sorry. Scott Revis is probably loading his gun right now. Um, Forty thousand Texans are mad online so send your hate mail to kevin weatherby (laughs) save the cowboy.com um but anyway in all seriousness 
I really respect a good hand anywhere. Um, and and what we need to remember is that that it, it's it's a lot like church denominations. We're all we're all trying to get the same job done. We all have the same goal. You know, when you're cowboying, you're using a horse to take care of cattle. When when you're going to church, when you're a Christian. You're trying to get closer to Jesus, and you're ultimately trying to get to heaven. Um, there's a there's a good friend of mine, Tom Walters, and he uh, I don't know if he's here today. I don't know if Doc's here today, but uh, he and I have a lot in common. We we both were raised in Montana. We both graduated from Montana State University. We both struggled with with uh, alcoholism. Uh, Tom is 25 years sober, and I'm eight years sober. And so, uh, yeah, thanks. And as, as Tom so eloquently puts it, we're both recovering Catholics, okay? And, and I see a few more of you out there. Um, but, uh, you know, that doesn't, mean, that doesn't mean the Catholic religion is wrong. It just means that it didn't work for me. It didn't, doesn't work for a lot of people. This deal works for me. Uh, cowboys are, de are, are usually nomads. They, they drift around. They, they go from ranch to ranch because they're searching for that perfect place, that where, where they do everything their way. And, and it's hard to find that. Um, until you own your own cattle in your own place, you don't get that. And I, so that analogy goes along with, with church and religion too. You know, people are drifting around from church to church till they find the right place. And, uh, and for me, I found my home here. Um, but if, I, if you ever do hear me say y'all up here, please grab Doc Walters and just take me out back and put me down. Because <laughs> it's not going to happen. Um, so, uh, we want to remember to, to uh, you know, do do things when you're when you're ranching or cowboying. You're going to do things as as the, the ranch does. When you're save the cowboy, you're going to do things as save the cowboy does. And when you're searching for Christ, you're going to do things the way Christ does it. I'm going to read from Philippians chapter two, if I can find it, verse four and five. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Um, let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for the moisture we received this week. Yeah, that's a blessing for all of us involved in agriculture. I want to ask a special prayer on, on those uh, who've lost loved ones recently. I've got a couple friends who've lost parents. Um, we ask that you take the, those who have passed into your kingdom of heaven and help those that, that are left behind to, to mourn. Uh, I ask that you open our hearts to hear Kevin's message a day through you, and a special blessing on Save the Cowboy. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You know, Ty made, you know how much courage it takes to stand up here in front of 300 people here, thousands online, and even tens of thousands that'll be on, it'll be on the radio and admit that he's a recovered alcoholic? That takes, that takes a lot of guts. Now, I was never an alcoholic. But I've got an admission of my own. Most of my life has been spent afraid. Afraid of appearing weak in front of y'all, in front of the guys that I ride with. Afraid of being disliked. Afraid of not being a hand, not making a hand whenever it comes down to it. And I've spent most of my life afraid that I wasn't in control. And you know what? I'm going to take a, a swag, a scientific, wild, guess and say that a lot of y'all felt that way too you spent most of your life afraid have you spent most of your life afraid of appearing weak 
that somebody was going to think less of you, that somebody was going to dislike you and afraid that you were not in control. Well, let's, that's the way we used to live our lives. Let's not do, let's not become a member of an insanity, of having a Christian faith that is just like our other life, except we change what we do on Sunday mornings. You know, I was thinking of how I could describe accurately how I felt inside, betting that many of y'all felt the same way too. And you know, this is the best I could come up with. Imagine that there's a Mexican fighting bull in in the arena of life, and that is the fear. And you have to live your life inside this arena, but you're constantly tiptoeing around and, you know, trying not to get hooked. And, you know, you're, you're tiptoeing on this end of the arena. And if he's down there, boy, you're big and bold and big and bold. And the last thing you want to do is have your buddies around when that fear sneaks up on you and you got to run to the fence. And you know what? Sometimes it plows you over. I spent my, I have spent my entire life tiptoeing around because I was afraid. I was afraid of being weak. I knew that that bull could run me over. And I knew that there was nothing I could do about it. Oh, I tried to act big. I tried to act bad. But I was scared to death most of the time. I was afraid of being disliked. I was afraid that somebody like Ty or Sean or or Ken or Sam would find out that I was so afraid and they wouldn't like me anymore. I was so afraid knowing that I wasn't in control of this and there's nothing that I could do was going to change that. There's another story of a guy told me, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray right quick. God, if this ever happens again, please let me be there. Amen. <laughs> this was told to me by a good buddy of mine. It was in my first book called The Great Cal Mission. And there was these guys that were, had gathered this, the pasture, and they basically cleaned the pasture. Meaning, you know, I mean, down there in Texas, you got, you got, uh, uh, bulls that brush up, and, you know, cows that brush up and just can't get them, and sometimes you're just like, oh, we'll get them next time, but you don't get them next time. And when this goes on a couple of times, there was this three-year-old maverick bull with big old horns that they never could get in. Well, they finally got him gathered, but when they tried to get him on the trailer, they were just going to ship him, you know, and they didn't even care what they got for him. They just wanted him out because he was mean, meaner than snot, if snot is mean. I don't know. Sometimes if you've ever had a Colorado cold, it's mean. And you know, jerk you down by your face. And, and so anyway, there's this mean maverick bull. And so they go in there and they try to get him in this pen so they can load him up, man. And this thing's got some stickers on him. And I mean, he's charging horses. He's charging people. He's putting people over the fence. There's nothing they can do. And one of them said, hey, man, we ought to call this other fella. I bet he can help us. And they're like, what can he do that, that we can't? He said, call him and see if he's around. So they called this fellow up, and they said, hey, man, uh, so-and-so said to call you because we got this bull, and we got him in this big water lot, and we need to get him in this pen so we can get him loaded up and get him out of here. If not, we're just going to have to shoot and kill him. And you know what? It happens. I mean, I, I've seen it happen. You get one that is just so wild and so crazy that you can't do anything with, and despite everything, there's, <laughs> there's ways of getting around it, but, man, when one is mean like that, sometimes you just got to kill them. He said, if we can't get him loaded, we're just going to kill him. He said, you know what? He said, give me about 20 minutes and I'll be over there. So this old flatbed pickup pulls up about 20, 30 minutes later, and guy gets out. He walks over there, and of course, there's everybody's got a cow dog, and they're all jumping and yapping and, you know, doing all this stuff and doing all this stuff. The guy walks up, and he says, that the bull, I reckon. He said, yep. 
He said, he run y'all out of there? They said, yep. Hurt anybody? Not yet. He said, well, let's see maybe what we can do. And he went, and standing up on the back of that flatbed pickup, this Catahoula dog stands up and he looks. And the guy goes just like this. And that Catahoula, he stretches. <sighs> he jumps off the deal, comes up there and sits down right beside his master. He said, y'all go over there and get those gates opened up and everything like that. I said, that one dog ain't going to be able to pin this. And he said, even if he grabs him by the nose and gets him down, you know, we, we can't drag him in or anything. He said, go open the gates. Just let the dog do his job. You could tell this dog had a lot of love for his master because, I mean, he just sat there and just looked at him. He wasn't worried about all these other dogs running around, peeing on everything, hiking the leg, barking and growling and, you know, all that stuff. He just sat there. And they were, they were everywhere, if you've ever. That is one thing about Texas. Ugh. Anyway, that's, that's, another, that's another story. And um, had a flashback there. Not mean I'm going to move to Montana. But anyway, he said, yeah, someday. And so anyway, he reached down, he petted him, he goes, get him, boy. That dog kind of scooped under the fence. You know how they do? Scooped under the fence. He walked out there, just walked. All of a sudden, that bull saw him, that bull turned. And here come that bull, and that dog kind of like a pointer just stopped and waited and then crouched and here come that bull as fast as he could and when he tried to hook and stomp that dog that dog whirled out of the way and he had a special catahoula ninja move he whirled around and when that bull went by he reached up and grabbed him two big old two toys <laughs> and that bull went and froze That dog just sat there and just hung on. <laughs> and that bull had his old legs spread like this, and he goes, bring him on, whatever the dog's name was. That dog turned around in that bull, and he just started walking backwards. And here enough, that bull was just walking like this. <laughs> All the way up into the trailer, and when that dog let go, that bull climbed into the nose of that trailer. <laughs> At least that's what I was told. That happened to you, cowboy. You would probably climb in the front of the trailer, too. In other words, the Bible gives us an excellent demonstration of how you can conquer that bull, too. I've already read you 1 Timothy 4.12. Let's read it again. It says, don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. I don't care if you have just accepted Christ or what your age is. Everybody can put this into practice. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. And today we're going to talk about in how we live. How do you live? How are we supposed to live to be an example that will bring others to Christ? I love what my wife put on Facebook the other day. She goes, lighthouses don't run around the island trying to save boats. They just stand there and shine bright. Isn't that awesome? That's what we're commanded to do is to shine our light. But how do we do that? We do that. First of all, in power. We used to walk around weak, but now we have real power. Did you know that you as a Christian, that you have an unlimited supply of power at your disposal? And it's called prayer. And in John 14, 13, and 14, Jesus himself, our Lord and Savior, says these words, You can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it, so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. 
Now, does that mean that I'm going to pray for a living quartered horse trailer and it's going to happen? No. If it brings glory to God and that is your motivation, is to bring glory to God, to shine brightly, to rid yourself of fear so that you can shine bright, so that others will be attracted and say, what do you have? Then by all means, ask. Ask. Anything you ask in my name, I will do it so that the Son may bring glory to the Father and so that we can bring glory to God. You've got it at your disposal, but how many times do we use it? Very, very seldom, or if we do use it, it's more like a pop shot in the dark. You know, just going around, pray and spray. No, we need to be a sniper with our prayers. We need to know the promises of God so that we can call on them when we need them, and more importantly, use them when we don't need it. You have an unlimited supply of power, and God wants you to walk in power all the time, not walk around in fear, not trying to prove something that you're not, but prove exactly who you are. You are a son of God. You are a child of God. You are a co-heir with Christ. You are a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. There's another power that you have that you can call on right now, and it's called faith. In Matthew 17, 20, Jesus, once again, says, I tell you the truth, if you had faith even as small as a mustard seed, you, would, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. And yet we're walking around timid. We're walking around afraid. We think that that bull has got us, got our number. He's got our sight, it's sight set on us, that there's nothing we can do, but we can pray, and we can have faith that God is going to be there with us. One of his greatest promises says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You have power. You have the power of prayer. You have the power of faith. And you know what? Sometimes your bull seems like a 2,000 pound and you feel like a 70 pound Catahoula or Chihuahua. But I'm telling you what, man, if you know what to do, anything is possible. Nothing would be impossible. That's what God's word says. Nothing would be impossible. How do you live your life? We used to live our lives afraid. We walked around trying to prove stuff to everybody. We did all this stuff. Man, quit that. Start walking around with power. You are powerful. Jesus even said at one time, he said, I've got to go away, but that will be better because whenever I leave, I will send the Holy Spirit to you and you will do greater things than I did. Did you think he was talking to me? No, he was talking to y'all. He was talking to each and every one of you. The second thing that we need to learn how to do is walk in love. If you want to set an example of how to live so that others will be attracted, you've got to walk in love. What does God say about that? Matthew 22, 37 and 38, Jesus replied, You must love your Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. You've got to be all in for Christ. You've got to be all in. Now, you know what? I, I was talking to some people yesterday, and I've talked to my wife about this. You know what? I really don't like the, the saying, accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You know, that's like accepting a coupon from the pizza place or something. You know, I mean, it's not like that, guys. When, when you, you ought to be begging Christ to be your Savior. Because without him, just like Sam said, man, it's your choice, north or south, cowboy. We ought to be begging Jesus to save us. You've got to go all in, and that's exactly what Matthew 22, 37, Jesus says, you must love the Lord your God, and you've got to go all in with everything you've got, not just your Sunday mornings and not just during your problems. We've never known or shown love before. Now it is our primary duty. You want to know how to live your life? Live it like that. In addition, in, 30, in 39, Jesus says, and second is equally important. 
Love your neighbor as yourself. What he's saying by when he says equally important, he's basically saying if you don't love your neighbor as yourself, you really don't love God. The two are two sides to the same coin. You can't have a heads without a tails. And you can't love God unless you love your neighbor. We need to start walking in love. And the third thing, the third thing. First of all, we, you know what, man? We, we used to not walk in power. We were powerless. We were like a leaf blowing. Now, I know the wind doesn't blow in Colorado. I saw the other day, I think it was Tad Knowles that put on Facebook, he said something like that. It's like, folks, this is normal. You know, from about January to the end of March, the wind blows really hard, and it picks back up again around April 1st through December. <laughs> Whew. But, you know, that's how we used to live our lives, just like a... A leaf in the wind, man. We were just blown around by everything. We didn't have nothing. But we have power because we have prayer. We have the power of prayer and we have the power of faith. You want to make a difference in somebody's life? Walk in love. Love the Lord your God. Go all in with him. Not just not just every once in a while. Not when you think it. When you wake up, this is the only time you have to be all in for God. When you wake up and when you go to sleep. Okay? and during your daydreams, and your night dreams. And I mean, what I'm saying is, man, you got to go all in with you. And it's the best thing. God said, man, if you'll come to me, I'll give you everything else. But how many of us do that? Very few. You know why? Because of the third thing. Because insanity, insanity, that's, that's really a tough word. I'll let everybody say it together. No, not really. <laughs> insanity used to be where we were ruled by our desires. No longer are we ruled by our sinful desires. Now we've been given self-control. I'm going to read you kind of a passage, and there's about three verses here. So listen, Titus 2, 11 through 14. For the grace of God has been revealed, Jesus, okay, with me. The grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people, and we are instructed. Remember when Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey what I've commanded? Let's listen. And we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures, He didn't say turn from pleasures. He said turn from sinful pleasures. He wants you to be happy. He just doesn't want you to be happy for the wrong things that end up making you more miserable, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. And we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God. With wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God. While we look forward with hope to the wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed. He gave his life to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us, and to make us his very own people, totally committed to doing good deeds. Do you hear that? Totally committed to doing good deeds. Are you totally committed? That's what the Bible says you're instructed to do, to be totally 100% committed. And you know what? God's not going to ask you to do something all the time, but when your master whistles for you to get off the back of the truck, go ahead and get you a stretch and go do your job, cowboy no matter what he's called you to do. And it will always seem insurmountable, but he has given us self-control. Self-control so that when we walk out to be, to live the example that we're called to live, just like it says in 1 Timothy 4.12, be an example to all believers in what you say and the way you live. You want to know how to be an example to a believer in the way you live is to have self-control. You do have a choice. God gave it to you. He said you could be righteous. He said that you had wisdom. And he said to live in devotion of God. But you know what many Christians do? They're not 
They don't follow Christianity, but insanity. They do the same thing they did before. You know, they, they, they walk around barking and snapping at every dog that's around, just rah, 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 hackles up, trying to be big, and just all this stuff all the time. And I'm guilty of it too, trying to prove something. We need to quit running around and peeing on every tree to be the top dog, man. And I know that's kind of crude, but you know what? Every single one of us has done it in some form or fashion. Whether you look down your nose at somebody or bow up, think you're better than somebody else, always giving your opinion about everything. We need to quit barking and running around and snapping at everyone and quit running around peeing on every tree. And most of all, you ever known a dog that just sits there and whines all the time? Oh, you know what? We need to do that too. Quit whining. You're a child of God. What are you whining about? We have an eternal place prepared for us in heaven. Jesus said, "If it were, I go to prepare a place for you. If it were not so, I would have told you. Quit whining. Kevin, I'm talking to myself, guys. I, I am. And if the shoe fits, you wear it. And I know this is a one-size-fits-all. Quit whining. We have power. We have love. We have self-control. And if you will live those three things you will be an example to other believers and not just other believers you'll be an example to the lost listen up this is kevin weatherby of save the cowboy save the cowboy wants to start a church in your area we have a new program called save the cowboy line camps and if you've been wishing that there was a save the cowboy in your area then god is probably laying it on your heart to help me start one just go to save and you can email me for more information Hey, do you have horses? If you do, then you need to call my friends Rod and Brenda Denning at Hitchin Post Hay. This is where I get all of my hay and Fiona loves it. Call them at 303-324-8217 and tell them that you heard about them from Save the Cowboy and they'll donate 5% of the sale to our mission to reach cowboys and cowgirls. Give Hitchin Post Hay a call for premium quality horse hay at 303-324-8217.